It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This Ace Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Go to linksoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to nestbedding.com. From baseball's top personalities, the Hall of Famer, one of the great TV broadcasters, Bob Costas is here on A's Cast Live. To the A's legendary players, five-time Major League Baseball home run champ, Mark McGuire is with us here. You never know what stories you're going to hear. We used to come out here to lunch and run with our shirts off. (laughs) (laughs) You would say. This is A's Unfiltered with Chris Townsend. In this edition of A's Unfiltered, we got some big league A's for you. How about Oakland A's Hall of Famer Dave Stewart? Oakland A's Hall of Famer Carney Lansford? Future A's Hall of Famer Terry Steinbach? And our great buddy Shooty Babbitt? Now that is a list. These are the type of names you get when you go down to fantasy camp. These are your coaches. But of course... We're going to start out with one of the great pitchers of his era and a guy I love doing television with. He's one of the greatest guys I've ever been around in my career, and he's truly one of the greatest A's of all time. Here is Dave Stewart. The great Dave Stewart is with us here on A's Cast Live. A's Hall of Famer, how are you? Man, I'm cold. It is cold. <laughs> this is some chilly stuff out here, boy. It's uh it's a it's it's Arizona, it's winter, it's windy. It is what it is. I don't expect it this time of year though. Um you know, this is this is the weather that we're supposed to be getting in maybe December, maybe. Um, but it, it's it's creeping up on us in the, the beginning of the year. We're supposed to start heating up right now, but you know, we're out here. Yeah, doing the doing doing the thing that we love to do best. Grinding, baby. Oh, well, we're we're playing baseball, man. Well, that that's the thing. It's like I talked about the last time we we saw you at the winter meetings, right? We're at the Opryland Hotel. It's all about the business of baseball. The cool thing is, it's uniforms, it's dirt, it's grass, it's. Uh, it's back to the actual game. It's like, here we go. It's, 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 I, I got to tell you what, Tony, it's, it's crazy, man, that, you know, like you said, we get a chance to put the uniform on and, you know, even get out to talk baseball and, and talk about the mechanics of the sport and having fun in the game. And um, this morning we got a chance to, you know, talk about the guy that got this thing started years and years ago, 21 years ago to be exact. Uh, Shooty Babbitt said it's been 21 years that he's been doing uh, this fantasy camp, and it was all started by Dave Henderson, uh, one of my good, good and close friends. And, you know, we're talking to the fantasy campers about, you know, David's David's favorite saying, which is always having fun. And so, you know, we're out in uniforms having fun. Games ain't that pretty, but we're having fun. Yeah, yeah. uh, (laughs) The guy always, just a smile on your face. I mean... How much he just enjoyed life. He, I don't think there's a better example. It, you know, I think one of the things that um, I admire most about Shooty Babbitt is that Shooty enjoys every day. Um, he he brings he brings it to the bar bark every day. He brings it to life. He 
He's smiling, he's laughing, and he's uplifting people. And Dave Henderson was an example of that, a, a primo prime example of, of doing something good for people every day and making people smile. Well, one of the things I said earlier today, starting the show when Dallas Braden came up, was I got to walk out as we're walking over here. You hadn't started games, and I'm walking with the guy who's the commissioner, and the first thing I hear as I walk up is I see Dave Stewart in full uniform screaming at the commissioner. And I was like, right on, let's go. It's time to play. Dave Stewart ticked off, and we haven't even thrown a pitch yet. You were raring to go today. Oh, uh, you know Dallas has a way of rubbing you, man. He can <laughs> rub you, man. They won a championship last year, and, and they, you know, they were able to, to – to, this is our first year last year of, of actually giving the champions rings. And, you know, I told Dallas, you can't even tell me that you didn't – you know, we were doing the announcements of, of all of the campers and everybody that was, you know, were playing on the teams and – when we did the announcements last night, every member of his last year's team had their rings at the ceremony. So, come on, man. You know Dallas had to be emailing them. And, oh, come in. You know, Dallas will stick a, da a dagger in you when he gets a chance. So, I had to give him a little crap. Yeah, this is time to knock him off. Well, I don't think he's going to win it this year. He's got a decent team. I think we all – there's some pretty good balance out there, parity. And, and um, so – uh, we're just gonna. I think it's gonna play to the wire. What does it mean to you to be around all these people who truly love the game? You love the game. If you're out here, we saw somebody just recently out there. Trainers were out working on. I mean, you can get hurt. I mean, it's like, what? What does it mean to you to be around these people who just love it so much? And obviously, a lot of them idolize you. You know what I know about these campers is they grew up loving the game in the same manner that I did. Um, and if you talk to most of them, you have an opportunity to be around them. They've been watching baseball since their early, early, early age, you know, seven, eight, nine years old. Most of these people saw the Oakland A's come to Oakland in 1968. And, you know, it's a luck of a draw, quite frankly. I mean, you know, God put me in a position and gave me enough ability and talent to be able to play at the next level as a professional. But most of these guys out here, even the even the women, um, they play in leagues um, at their ages. And you know, we, we've got, uh, I think, probably our youngest age this year will probably be about 34, 35 years old. But we're all the way up to 75 years old. And so when you see seven, what's, what's amazing is the 75-year-olds are out here playing just as hard as the 34, 35-year-olds. Wow. You know, they're getting the best that they can when they're running down that first baseline or if they hit a ball for an extra base hit, they're, they're doing the best that they can. And that's true love of the game, and I admire it. Um, it's who I am, and I am who they are because that is the one thing that brings us together. It's the one thing that we have in common. And you've now been doing this so many years. There's a lot of people you've gotten to know really well through these camps. There's a lot of campers here. Uh, Mello, um, you know, I talked with Mello I was looking for him last night at the at the banquet, and I just see him. So Mello's been coming out here for 14 or 15 years. Doc Conyers has been coming out here for 14 or 15 years. Uh, Fast Eddie, um, who is a player that you were just talking about that fell out, fell out on the mound with a cramp. Eddie's been coming out here for 14 or 15 years. There are a bunch of people here that have been coming out for, for a very, very long time and just enjoy the game. 
enjoy wearing that A's uniform, and it gives them an opportunity for a week to actually rub shoulders and be with people that they've admired as, as athletes and as players. You know, when, when I think about the last time we talked to you in Nashville, and we've talked a lot about what you're trying to do and getting an expansion team, the Nashville Stars, going in Nashville, and it was a great party. Nashville showed well, obviously. You were really excited. Uh, since, since we last saw you, and everybody went there, and everybody's been saying, this is a no-brainer for a Major League Baseball team. The Titans are getting a new stadium. The Predators are already there. Just how much did that help your cause, having the winter meetings in Nashville? Well, you know, it's not, it's not even that winter meeting. Winter meetings have been held in Nashville over the years. They've, they've been coming to Nashville. But Nashville's a different city now than it was the last winter meetings. Um, there's more people that are coming there from different parts of the country. You're, you're never going to get away from the fact that it is it is now truly a sports franchise. Last uh, sports city, um, last winter meetings that were held in Nashville, which I don't know when that was, but I guarantee you that Nashville did not have the soccer team, the uh, Nashville uh, sports, sports, uh, sports team. Um, they didn't have that team, and that team has been there for three years, and they've been drawing well. They're drawing 18,000, 19,000 fans a game. You know, the Predators are playing well. The, you, then when you get to talking about the Broadway area, which is, I mean, it's huge now um, with tourists, with good food, with good music. It's just a bigger and better city than it was, you know, years ago at the last winter meetings. And, and that's what I, I think attracts Major League Baseball is the growth the population of people, the different people from different parts of the country, the music, the food, the culture, and sports. It showed well. It definitely showed well. And that, that was a, you know, the thing that, you know, there's all kinds of cranes everywhere, mm -hmm. the, the building that's going on there. It's a city that's growing. So it's, uh, it's a lot of fun to see. And I, and I know for you walking around there, that had to be fun because everybody knows we don't know when it's going to happen. We know it's going to happen. But the winter meetings had to be a good time for you. It was. Um, you know, it's anticipated. We're, we're hoping it's going to be in 28 or 29. We're hoping. Um, we've got uh, Oakland, which I think that they're settled into what they're going to do in Las Vegas. I'm not sure. Uh, Tampa um, is still not really settled in what they're doing. So those two things still have to be solidified and binding in the, in the communities that they're going to play in. And then, you know, we've got the CBA coming up, and we don't know how that's going to play out. Um, and, and so we've just got some things that are up in the air. We'll see what those things bring. But, um, you know, I think that Nashville is the place that baseball is going. It's going to be a two-city expansion. We're not sure about the second city. But I believe that Nashville on the east side is, is the place that people want to play. How much are you looking at what's been going on with all the RSNs and think about your future ownership? You know, we've looked at it. Um, and, you know, Major League Baseball, I think, has taken an approach that they'll carry some of the load, and they did that in this past season. Um, there are so many things that are happening streaming-wise. You know, you've got Apple is coming in. You've got a lot of streaming networks that are going to come in and, and, and make this thing, you know, competitive so that, you know, a company like Bally's who had to bail out that they're not the only that they're not the only outlet. We've got our regional, as you said, the regional sport networks. We've got a lot that's going on in baseball. MLB has been very, very smart 
in what they've been doing in that area um, and their reach in that area. And so I'm not real concerned about it at this time. Um, Major League Baseball has shown that they will do whatever it is that they have to do to make sure that teams are taken care of when it comes to that. But, I mean, there may be an opportunity as, as a franchise to do it yourself like the Yankees are doing um, and some of the other, other uh, franchises in baseball are doing. We weren't so crazy to create A's cast back in the day, were we? Hey, man, I think that was a smart thing to do, without a doubt. Foresight. <laughs> no one thought I was that smart, but now hey, they're going, see, hey, see there? I'm, hey. giving you, I'm giving you your props. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, other other cities, has anybody reached out to you maybe for some help or some suggestions? about? Because I know, as you said, there's got to be – a West Coast, you guys are going to be the East Coast. There's going to be somebody on the West Coast. Has anybody reached out for any help or advice or anything from you? Well, we have not. Um, you know, the, the West the West sides, we're talking about Portland, potentially Salt Lake City, Austin. Um, you know, Vancouver may come into play. Um, I have not heard from any of those franchises or potential franchises. I'm not sure that Vancouver has even stepped up to even, you know, take that position. Um, Salt Lake City, um, from what I understand, they're in pretty good hands. They've got some pretty good backing there. Um, not just with the investors and, and then your lead investors or what we call the anchors, um, but they've got um, some political backing as well. And so, I, you know, Salt, Salt, Lake could, Salt Lake could step up and end up being that, that city on the west. Um, Portland's been working at this for a very, very long time. Four or five years they've been working at this. And so, but I have not heard from any of those franchises at all. All right, let's talk a little baseball before we let you go. You know, A's are going to go in. There's no expectations whatsoever heading into this year. So either you want to go back to your days as a pitcher, you want to go back to your days as a pitching coach, going into this year to where – Texas is not making a lot of moves because of what's going on with their television. A lot of things are, as you know, as your connection's in with the Astros, a lot of things are changing inside the Astros. We don't know about the Angels. Mariners, they've got their TV issues. You know, with the A's, every, no one's really even talking about everything everybody talks about is Vegas and about, about moving and everything. No one's really talking about the players. kind of interesting when you go in the complete underdog, the complete unknown, just from a player standpoint, a coach's standpoint, how do you like going into a season like this? Well, I mean, what they've got to do is just continue to do um, what makes them a, an organization, a good organization, which is you got to continue to build your prospects and you've got to continue to teach them how to play the game at the major league level. I think anybody that's looking at the A's right now, I think they see a lot of potential there, but that potential is not ready to compete and be a playoff team. And so you have to keep what's in front of you. You have to keep continuing. You have to continue to teach these players how to be good fundamental athletes um, and how to be good fundamental pitchers out there. Um, they're going to get their knocks. They got some hard knocks last year. I thought that they improved greatly over the last month and a half of the season that you saw some things that were real promising for the Oakland A's. But they're not at that level yet, and they just have to continue to go out and compete. Understand that against the, 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 t the tough teams, the contenders, you're going to play in some tough series. Um, but even in those tough series, you're going to win some baseball games. And if you go in with that attitude that each game – 
each month at the end of the season that you've improved and you've gotten better for the upcoming season, you know, I, I think that that's, I think that's a win. I'm so curious to see how some of these players who got an opportunity last year, how they grow this offseason, what they look like coming into spring training. You know, they've got to set goals. First of all, you have to have – you set goals um, before the season starts on things that you want to accomplish and the things you want to be better at. Um, organizationally, you should be having conversations with these players about the things that you saw, their shortcomings, things that they need to work on, and what they're coming into spring training to learn and what they're coming into spring training to do. There's some players that are going to be on that roster. I don't think that Geloff is going to be a guy, a guy that's coming into spring training trying to make a team. And so that should put him in a position to work on some technique in different areas of his game. And he's a great player. Um, there are some players that are coming into spring training, they've got to bust their butts to make a team. And so they don't get that opportunity to really work on their skills and work on the shortcomings, um, as some of these other players may get an opportunity to do. But at this time, it's still about development for this organization because they're young. The kids that are playing in the big leagues, they're playing against guys that are older than them uh, in age and older than them in experience. And so it, it, it's, it's really about becoming better, learning your game, learning how to play your game and how to put your game on the field so that each time you take an at-bat, each game, you're, you're seeing progression. Did you notice when you were a pitching coach, like guys that got it in the offseason and they, they did the right things in the offseason to change – for the start of, you know, when spring training was going on, it worked? There were some guys that you saw that it worked. And when they came into spring training, there were some guys that you saw that were trying to accomplish what you set for them as goals and combine those goals with their goals. And then there were some guys that just said, it doesn't work for me and they didn't want to do it. You can see who those players are. You know who they are. And, you know, I have a strong regard and for the player that at least plays it out to see if it's going to work for you. But I also have a strong regard for the player that sits down and tells you these are the things that work for me. How can you help me to incorporate those things in what you're trying to teach me? Okay, let's end on this. With these umpires out here or the other coaches, do you ever – do the Dave Stewart intimidation, knowing you no. can intimidate the hell out of these guys. <laughs> these guys are so much fun. You know, they're Dallas, not... Dallas Braden said last year you got really mad, and at one point he realized, uh-oh. <laughs> so I think, come on, do you I ever do, do you ever uh, get I'm, the Dave Stewart uh, thing going? Uh, uh, hey, Tony, I am competitive. I, I do get a competitive moment every now and then. I'm a black belt. I'm a World yeah. Series champion. I'm a World Series. <laughs> no. you, do you get the little – do you start intimidating people out of no, here a little bit? Not with Take the, advantage of that. Not with the umpires and the campers. I think some of the campers really want to see that side of me. <laughs> I do. I believe that they want to see it. And so, but, but when it really comes uh, out and is when we play the uh, camp against the, uh, the, uh, the pros against the campers. On that day, I'm not taking any prisoners. <laughs> I got to see him mad today. It was hey, great. Everybody's a victim on, camp <laughs> on the, camper, the camper versus pros day. That everybody's a victim. Are we going to see a lot of you on TV this year? You know, right now I think I've got uh, – more games than I did last year. I think I'm in the 70 range in okay. games this year. 
which, you know, I look forward to it. I love uh, being a part of the broadcast. I love the guys. I love you and the guys that, that I work with. But more importantly, I enjoy the opportunity to really talk about baseball and allow people to see the game through my eyes. And hopefully those are teaching moments for them. That's the best part about this job, being around the game, which is the game that I love and the game that I grew up on. Well, I said this to Carney. It was really cool last night. It was the first time I've, you know, other than the ceremony where I got to hear Oakland A's Hall of Famer, Carney Lansford. And, you know, we've always said it with you. It's so cool because both you guys grew up in the Bay Area. Both you guys grew up A's fans. Both you guys grew up watching the 70s teams. And now that, you know, forever your history will be with this organization in the Hall of Fame. I thought it was really cool. For the first time, kind of in public, Carney got that. Yeah. And this, the ovation, I was like, I know you know how it feels, and I know how close you are to him. It, that was pretty cool last night. That's the captain, man. And, and um, you know, I've been really, really fortunate that when I first came to the team that I was embraced by him and his family and um, that we've remained all these years close friends. Um, and, and so anything that, good ha anything that happens good for Carney Lansford um, is a good thing for his family, but it's also a shared joy. I'm in my house and in my family. All right. Well, next time we'll see you spring training. I look forward to that interview. We always look forward to seeing you. I look forward to doing TV with you this year. It is always an honor. And one of the best things is just being able to watch this whole Nashville thing grow. It's been fascinating to learn. I've learned a lot from you. And just to watch it grow and to be in Nashville and to see it and to see um, it's going to be one of the most special things this game's ever seen. process is exciting, and, and the way we envision this project is going to be something new and different for baseball. And um, we're hoping to, to, to be example setters. We're, we're hoping to be trend setters. We're, so, we're hoping to do something that's historic in the game of baseball. No doubt about it. The great Dave Stewart, Oakland A's Hall of Famer, right here on A's Cast Live. An absolute A's legend, and he's joining us once again here on A's Cast Live. And we just, we just had Bobby Crosby, and we talked about how big it is it's going to be for Mark Kotze that Bobby's now going to be on the staff because yeah. Bobby's managed all these guys recently in AAA. That's a huge I mean, AA. That's a huge advantage to have somebody that's, that's already been working with those guys, know what they can do, what they can't do. You know what I mean? So that, it's, it's, it's great for, for uh, the A's organization to have him at first base now yeah because how many times as a hitting coach you'd get a guy fresh you know nothing about him you don't know what makes him tick or whatever it's yeah. isn't it nice to have like a coach you can say hey what 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 makes this guy what motivates this guy how do you get him going yeah yeah it, absolutely anytime you have an advantage like that uh it, it'll be nice for him to be able to, to use that because um, obviously bobby knows those guys like you said he coached them he knows what they can do what they're best at or whatever so that's a huge advantage now, I heard it yesterday. Of course, we were there, but yesterday I heard it for the first time in just a, like, you know, the more casual setting when they go, Oakland A's Hall of Famer. <laughs> and then the crowd just, you know, erupts last night. And I was thinking to myself, God, that's got to feel good. What does that feel like now? Oakland A's Hall of Fame. You're in a, you know, there's only 30 teams, right. and you're in one of those teams' Hall of Fame. Yeah. That's uh, – I'm still shocked, actually. But last year when, I, when we had the ceremony, uh, to be included in that mix with those guys that are already in there, the, the Rudys and 
Campaneros's and all the guys that I watched growing up. And because that's the, what's different about you. Yeah, and you I, grew up in the Bay Area. You right. saw those teams. I, I, I used to go to the Coliseum and watch these guys play. And I actually got a chance to play with Joe, Rudy, and Campy. And so, you know, it was just, just to be included in that group is just amazing to me. So it's an honor. Um, it's, it's nice, and I'm looking forward to the guys that are going in this coming year. Yeah, and when you know when you think about it, I mean, you'll be there forever. You'll be always, exactly. you know, when you think about that, you'll be there forever, and you should be the greatness that you are part of, and, and really being the captain of those tremendous teams. Um, it, yeah, it's it, it's definitely special, and that's why I always think for you too, always a little bit special because you are a guy that grew up down in the South yeah. Bay, and you grew up you grew up a huge A's fan. Right, right. So, like you said, it is. It's a huge honor, and and really, you know, that's the first thing you think about. What you mentioned there is like it's forever. You're in you're in that Oakland A's Hall of Fame forever. They can't take that. Nobody can take that away from yeah. you. Yeah. So, um, just to be included in that group, and and uh, you know, be be you know, one of the best all-time A's players, basically, is what they're saying. So to be included in that is just amazing to me. And I think the guy that I believe you and Terry are managing again, right, together? Yeah, we are, yeah. Uh, I got to think he's going to be going into, you got to think, truly, I mean, when you look at great A's catchers, especially Oakland A's catchers, yeah. I mean, he's he's the he's best right Oakland. Th yeah. yeah, yeah, he is. And, and I said it, uh, they interviewed me on TV and the radio last year when I went in. And I said that I hope Terry gets in here because he deserves it. Uh, he handled that pitching staff so well and what he brought offensively as well. We, we don't do what we did for four or, four or five years without him. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, it's three straight trips to the World Series. It's so hard to win one. Yeah. People just don't like it's It's, it's like when you start talking about teams that win multiple Super Bowls or multiple NBA titles or multiple World Series. People just don't understand because we're here at a spring training facility. Like it all starts here and it ends in October. People just don't understand how hard it is and what has to happen. Yeah. To even get to three straight. Yeah, you got to stay motivated as a as a team. Um, that's what we were. I mean, we were a motivated team, and Tony Larusa made sure that we were. You know, he stayed on us pretty good. Uh, and he actually says it, and I believe it too. That that team should have won at least two World Series. We should have won more than one. But like you said, we got there three times. We won one. That's a really hard thing to do. But that '89 team, and Tony says it. So I believe it. Uh, he says that was the best team he'd ever managed. That includes the teams he had in St. Louis, too, because he won two world championships yeah. there. So, um, yeah, that was a pretty darn good team. We had no weaknesses whatsoever on that team. We had great pitching, great offense, and a great bench, and a great bullpen. And you had some really big personalities. Yes, we did. And somebody's got to be the guy. Somebody's got to... So harness, I guess. I don't know. You, you're the one who did it. What was it like being basically the leader of all these big personalities? And some guys were a pain in the you know what. Let's be honest. Every team has that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but somebody's got to be the guy that's got it because it can't. It can't all come from the manager. Yeah. It can't. Can't. Can't all come from the coaches. Like, how did it? You. You were a veteran guy. Right. How did it come about? You were going to be. You were the leader and just. What was it like corralling all these guys? You know, I think leadership, a lot of it is is what you do as far as your work habits. You know, I was always out there early every day. I did my soft toss. I, I just got my work in and was on time. I did, 
and, and you know, we expected guys to, to give their best effort day in and day out. And so I think that's that's more than anything else. Your work habits as a player is what they see, the other players. And so if they see you putting in time and effort and that you care and you want to win, that's the biggest thing is I, I wanted to win because I watched the early 70s A's win three straight World Series, and, and I wanted to do that at least once when I got to Oakland. I wanted to bring help bring that back. So I think guys just understood that, that we, we expected to win and we expected everybody's best effort every day. And if you didn't give that, then somebody was in your ear. Yeah, the great Shooty Babbitt actually joked around about it a little bit last night where you had to sacrifice, right? Because yeah. obviously as a hitter, there were certain things you may want to do, but you have the greatest base dealer in the history of the game always on first base, so yeah. you have to have show patience. You have to maybe take pitches you don't want to take. But I think that also reflects why you were a captain. You were willing to do that. Well, you know, Ricky and I, when I first went to the A's, we didn't really communicate that well. But when he came back to us from the Yankees, we sat down right away and we talked and we said, look, you know, it's a tough enough thing to hit second behind you because you're gonna you want to steal bases and that's what helps the team. So he, we actually came up with a, a sign when he's on first base, like he'd pick the, the edge of his pants if he was gonna run. Because I didn't want to take a strike if he's not gonna run. Yeah. But if you know you're gonna go that pitch, give me a sign, pick the pant, you know, your pant leg or whatever, and I'll take that pitch for you. And I told him, I said, you know, there's, there's some pitchers that I can give two strikes to and still feel confident hitting. But there's some pitchers out there where I need three swings to have a chance. And he's like, don't worry about it, I'll get it myself. If, if you know just tell me who it is so before games i'd say hey i can give you two on, on this guy or this guy i'll give you a strike or you know sometimes like hey i can't give you anything today i got i'm battling for you know for my at bat so uh once we got once we got that sign down everything was so much better so much better because i didn't know when i first got there i knew he stole bases but i I didn't know I needed to take a strike or two, and I'm an aggressive hitter. I'm not a, <laughs> I want to go hack it. I'm a guy that likes to hit one two all the time. So it takes, you know, it takes that willingness though, that you got to have that confidence in yourself that you can hit with two strikes. You know, when you when you talk about hitting, it doesn't matter if the ball's moving or the like golf, the ball's not moving. Yeah. The amount of time that you need to put in with your fundamentals, uh, the skill of it training the hand-eye coordination, training your eyes and everything. To be a great hitter as someone who, obviously being a batting champion, hitting over 300, then being a batting coach, you know what? Just, just talk about the art of hitting and just the amount of work. If you're going to be a great hitter and now with the ability to look at all the film and the pitchers, yeah. just how much work that goes into it? It takes a lot of time, day in and day out. It's what I call work habits. It's getting to the ballpark early and going down to the cage and getting your soft toss or tee work or whatever it is every single day. You know, I first came up with the Angels uh, in 78. I was 21 years old, and I was, that was a team of veterans, Joe Rudy and, and Nolan Ryan, Don Baylor, Bobby Gritch, and those guys. I mean, those guys. I was the only young guy. So I never really talked to the hitting coach. He didn't really pay attention to me. But I did pretty well. But I didn't know how to hit the ball to right field. If I hit it to right field, it was like an accident. But when I went, got traded to Boston in 1981, Joe Rudy actually got traded the next trade after me. He went to Boston too. 
And we got in spring training, and he says, hey, you got to grab me by the shirt. He says, I want you to come talk to this guy over here. His name was Walt Riniak. Yeah. And he was a disciple of Charlie Lau. Yeah. Who was a very famous hitting coach. And so Walt, from day one, just kind of asked me a few questions about my hitting style, this and that. And then we got, he taught me every day in the cage how to stay back and drive the ball the other way. So from that time, that actually I went from 1980 with the Angels I think I hit 262 or something like that. Well, the first year with him, working with him, day in and day out, I won a batting title. Yeah. 336. And from then on out, I just stayed with what he taught me every day. Which the is rest strange, of my career. though, in Boston, because you're thinking right-handed. You want to be ripping them off the monster that, all day long. You know what? I used to watch teams come in, and I and I would literally laugh at some of their swings because they're trying to hit the ball of the monster instead of using the whole field like you normally would. They would change how they tried to play. And they were, you know, a lot of guys were not successful doing that. I just kind of laughed. Like, they don't know. They don't know. They need to stay disciplined and try to hit the ball back up the middle or, or to right field and just pull the ball. You know, when you react on the ball's end, you're supposed to. Then you pull that ball. But I see guys on the, being pitched on the outside part of the plate trying to hook the ball over that wall. So we actually use that against them. <laughs> well, that was the first time I ever went to Fenway Park and you step on the field. It looks like it's just right there. Yeah. It's just like right there. And you, you think, I can hit that so easy. It's unbelievable. You know what? Tom Bergmeyer was a left-handed reliever for us in Boston, and then he came to the A's the year before I did. And he used to have a saying in, in Boston about, you know, he, he would say, the wall giveth and the wall taketh away. <laughs> because literally, if you drove a ball that would normally be a home run to left center field, it would hit off the top of the wall. So you end up with a double instead of a home run. Yeah. And that happened to me. You know, he used to say that. And it happened once or twice to me. I'm like, yeah, you're right. It does. It gives. You know, if you're able to pull the ball, uh, it gives you home runs, but it takes home runs away, too. So for a lot of the young hitters that will end up watching this, like at this time of the year, you know, we get past Christmas, we get past New Year's, you start thinking about your season coming up. Actually, the college season is just about to start. But yeah. like at what point for you was it, yeah, you'd be doing some soft toss, work on the tee. What point did you really start? I want to start seeing some live pitching. What was it like for you and what would you recommend? You know, uh, in, after the 80 season, my wife and I, we got traded to Boston. And we moved up to northeastern Oregon. Joe Rudy got us up there. And, uh, you know, the winter there, there's a lot of snow. So, it's you know, it's not – you have to go, go to a gym and throw and hit in a gym. So, uh, you know, I think after the season was over every year, you get like a month to heal up and whatever. Uh, just don't even think about baseball. But then after that, then you start getting back into to hitting off the tee and soft tossing and stuff like that. So it's it's – pretty much you know november you start doing that again and getting ready for spring training so all right so this is the year you got to knock dallas braden off um obviously <laughs> last year was very uncomfortable uh having to listen to him for a lot of people how, how's your ball club you and steiny how's your club looking this year this year down at uh, here at fantasy camp well we we did the draft this morning and we felt like we drafted pretty good yeah we had some guys from our team last year that did really well we started off five and oh last year and we ended up losing because we hit into a triple play <laughs> which you never see in fantasy camp but we we actually pulled that off we hit into a triple play with the bases loaded in the tie game so uh no, we're doing good. We got a couple innings in over there. Um, 
we're trying to the first few days the first couple days just really trying to feel guys out see what they you know some guys say yeah i can pitch and they can't and some guys say yeah i can play first base but they can't really so we have to figure that out and make adjustments as we go along so that's what we're doing today is just trying to see what we have out there we know a few guys can do but a lot of guys we've never seen play before and some of them are, are first timers so uh, but they're all great people. That's the main thing. We just want them to come here. They're diehard fans for doing this. And we just want to see them come here and have fun. Yeah, and so many of them, you know, they grew up watching you. They grew yeah. up idolizing you. I mean, I'm sure the the story times and everything. Yeah. Uh, if you could just talk about that before you get out of here, just how much fun it is that, that – they just want to hear you talk and be around you because they grew up and, as you said, you like you in the '70s guys. Yeah. That's them for you. That, that's you for them. Yeah. Well, what we try to do is give them the experience that, it, you know, the things that really go on uh, during the season and during uh, spring training and stuff. I mean, we're always messing with each other as players, and so they get to see us out here doing that, and they have a good time watching that and listening to that stuff. And they're like, "Hey, you guys think we're just doing this for show? This is what actually goes on yeah. during the regular season." So we always give each other a hard time and, and just have a lot of fun with it. So we give them a little hard time, you know, so they, they can they experience that too. But at the same time, we want them to have fun. We want them to enjoy their entire time here. If they want to pitch, then they get to pitch. They're paying for that experience, and whether they're good at it or not. You know, if they, they want to play certain positions, we want to win because we know they want to win. But we also want them to experience what they came here to do. They want to, if they signed up to pitch, or let them pitch. If they signed up to play outfield, let them play outfield, catch, whatever. So we try to work with them at the same time, try to win at the same, you know. Let them have fun, but try to win. Oakland A's Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. Sounds good to me. Sounds Works. good. <laughs> we always appreciate the okay. time. My pleasure. Good luck the rest of the camp, and uh, uh, hopefully you'll go win a championship. Okay. I hear you. That Take sounds good to me. Take down Dallas Braden. That's right. <laughs> I'm going to go have some fun with these guys. No doubt. We All appreciate right. it. Okay. The great Carney Lance for joining us right here on A's Cast Live. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. How we doing, Skip? Well, how, how, how we doing out there? Well, if you asked me yesterday, pretty good. <laughs> so far today, we started out a little slow this morning, and uh, we got a very close 2 nothing game going on back there right now. Well, this is the year that, that you cannot allow Dallas Braden. This is uh, what Carney kind of said it's your guys' year. Well, that was yesterday when we were 1-0 and we beat Dallas yesterday. So we were kind of feeling pretty good about it. He was actually here right after you you beat Dallas, too. Yeah. So maybe that's why he was feeling that way. Well, you know, and I'm not going to throw my team under the bus, but we might have had a few guys that might have missed curfew last night, and I think it's showing today. And, uh, you know, we need to get those guys back on track. I'm going to be honest with you. I think they were with us last night. <laughs> so you're to blame for this poor performance today. Okay. <laughs> me, technically? I don't drink, so it wasn't me. But I was with the crew. Yes. And I may have bought. And I heard that the crew was out uh, late. Now I'm, we're forced to check on beds tonight, you know, to make sure the team is in where they're supposed to be. 
you could say that the hotel personnel uh, came to us multiple times to be quiet. And I even heard through the grapevine that there was part of the staff that found extra rooms so that the uh, participants didn't have to go to bed. I, uh, I knew the Rotary Club while you guys were before while you guys were playing, and I was going through the hotel yesterday, the Rotary Club was in this big room, and I noticed that they were in there. So last night when we were being kicked out of the hotel bar, I, I, you know what? It, it actually is my fault. That's what I'm looking at. It's my I, fault. I, you know, the more I'm staring at you stuttering yeah. right now, it is 100% your fault for this poor I found the extra. I found the extra room for everybody to party last night. We got the weakest link right here, right now. Uh, we were just taught, we just talked to Zach Geloff, and we talked to Ryan Noda, and then we had Nick Allen right here. Young players all talking about one thing, winning. Even though, you know, the good things, the bad things, the things they accomplish, the things that they're trying to do this offseason, a young group of men, all they want to talk about is winning. And I think about when you guys were young and you were coming up, because right now, as you know, everything's so negative. Everything is so harsh. What does it mean to you that you've got a bunch of young, really good athletes, these young A's who are coming to spring training they don't want to talk about themselves. They want to talk about how last year stunk, and they don't want that again, and they want to win. What does that mean to you? It means a lot. Um, and I, I think the reason for that is um, the, the team that developed in you know, my era of baseball, especially our group coming through the minors, we had probably 10 to 15 of us that ended up in the big leagues that won in A-ball, won in double A-ball, uh, next year in double-A ball, fin finished second. So we had a group of guys that uh, culturally were, were winning. And you carry that up into, you know, the big leagues. And you surround those winners, in our case, with some veteran players. And next thing you know, we're on a great run. So I'm excited to hear that these younger players, instead of, uh, uh, you know, talking about the potential dollars that are out there and you see the big signings in baseball, instead of dreaming one day that's going to be me, I like to hear that it is about winning. We just had Tony La Russa was here visiting us a little bit. And we were in, in our locker room talking and we talked about how uh, we feel uh, watching baseball has changed a little bit in the sense of playing winning baseball. And the way Tony uh, did with us in Oakland where he won in St. Louis, it was about getting the guy over, getting the guy in, taking a pitch so Ricky could steal. You know, we were teasing Carney about that. And then one of the best things was Carney takes the pitch, Ricky steals, Carney moves him over, uh, Jose or Dave Henderson drives him in. I mean, and here we are, one nothing, you know. And that philosophy, in our opinion, has seemed to have gotten lost on some teams. You know, we talked to Dallas, who sees a lot of games. And yesterday after this, we were kind of talking shop about that. And we're excited to hear that, especially with Oakland, because you can do a lot of things if you're playing fundamental baseball. You can do a lot of things if you got everybody believing that we need to play winning baseball. You know, we need to get that guy over, get that guy in. And if you get the team believing that, you can accomplish a lot of things. Now, if you don't beat yourself, you can't say that enough. Like, if you play defense, because, like, when we saw the team – in 18 and 19, when they won 97 games two straight years, which was only good enough for a wild card spot. Hard to believe. But that, like we talked about, the hallmark of those teams really was, everyone talked home runs. It was great defense. So it's like, if you play defense, you got some athletes and you pitch a little bit, you got a chance. You got a chance. Okay. So go back to our era of playing. 
What does everybody remember about the 89-90 teams? The Bash Brothers, the home runs, and all this stuff. What doesn't get talked about is we were like second or third in the league in defense all of those years, which is, you know, was agreeing, you know, with the statement that you're saying. If you do play that defense, if you put emphasis on that, yeah. don't give anybody, don't give the good teams extra outs. That's how they're going to come and beat you. Well, think you. how good you were, like you behind the dish, Carney at third, Walt Weiss, who we still bring on the program, was with the Atlanta Braves. You had a mixture of second baseman. Mark McGuire was better at first base, and Big Mac on this program told us the thing that he's most proud of is his gold glove. Absolutely. He was better than you thought. So you guys, and then it, you had athletes in the outfield. Right. I, Jose was better when he was younger. Yes. You had Ricky, you had Hindu. Yep. So, like, defensively, you guys were good. We were solid, yeah. yeah. But, again, so so many people go back, and as soon as you mention those teams, right away they think offense, you know, and, and obviously pitching, all right? But that defense is probably the third or fourth thing that was talked about, and we prided ourselves in that. Um, we had drills and stuff in spring training that we did to make sure that we didn't lack on our defense, the the reps of double play balls, the reps that the infielders took, the reps that we did as, as catchers, you know, from – blocking balls to throw into to the different bases and different bunt situations and it kind of went unnoticed <laughs> but when you go to the grand scheme of things of what it takes to develop a, a, a winning team or, or an era of, of, of winning it comes down to doing the little things you know I think about catcher and a lot of people I used to get into this with our our, our great friend Ray Fossey it's like you just don't because early in his career it's one thing to be a catcher it's also to be a catcher and to be an offensive catcher and Ray was an offensive catcher before he got hurt. Obviously, you were an offensive catcher. You know, it's so tough because there's the physical part of the game where just you get banged up night after night after night. You've got to know all your pitchers. you got to know what makes them tick, what they can throw under pressure, how they're feeling. you got to know starters, relievers. you got to know the other team's hitters. you got to know all of that. And then you have the pressure of being an offensive catcher. What was that like? Because it's one thing if you're just a defensive guy, that's all they expect. Yeah. But when I want you to perform and be an offensive guy and all that, all that I talked about, how tough is that? It's tough. And I loved it. And I made this comment to many, many people. If I don't, I didn't want to be known just for, as, as a one-sided catcher. Like, uh, I didn't want to be known, oh, he's a good defensive guy. Oh, he calls a good game. I wanted to be known that if I have the ability to hit 300, then be a 300 hitter and do what you're supposed to do behind the plate. It's no different than, than, than our other positional players. You know, we had good, good defensive guys. Oh, they're not supposed to hit. Uh, Carney's, you know, playing hard at third, but we, we don't need his bat. No. We need everybody's bat. So I prided myself in trying to stay within myself and doing what I was capable of doing. Was I capable of, of, of uh, you know, being a 40 home run? No. But I was capable of, of using gap to gap and using uh, uh, the, the, the field that I was taught how to use. And I wanted to make sure that I stayed in that. And I was probably hard on myself offensively because I felt I could do more than catching a good game and, and being a 222, 230 hitter. Yeah, you're far better than that. Yeah. You're far better than that. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, seeing Tony La Russa here today, what is it like? Because since it's fantasy camp and, you know, Terry Steinbach and we get to hang with him, World Series champion, you know, all-star game MVP, and, you know, you got, you got Stu and you got everybody out here. So it's like the fantasy, right? But what's it like for you, you know, as, as Tony's gotten older, 
you know, Hall of Famer, A's Hall of Famer. What is it like when you guys, you accomplish so much in this game. What's it like when you guys just get back here in the locker room and you're talking with Tony? You know, I, I think, well, I'm going to speak for myself, and, and there might be other players that feel the same way, but while, you, while you're playing the game, and even once you're kind of out of the game, you really don't ever uh, 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 give yourself or a lot of credit for stuff that you accomplished. You know, three World Series appearances, World Series champ, MVP, you know, all-star, blah, 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 you know, stuff like that. But when you get your group together, like now, so when Tony walked into that room, and we go to the coach's room, and we start reminiscing about stories. We'll go, oh, what about that play, and, and what about that situation? And, man, I think this was the best team, you know, coming from Tony's words, that he was ever uh, 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 privileged to, to manage. It's when you start reminiscing and talking amongst yourselves that you, you, you almost, like, take a step back and realize, man, what we did was pretty cool. What we did, you know, was pretty special. We had a very unique group of guys and, and and we sat inside that room and you kind of went to third base and then we went to shortstop who was playing short and then we went to Jose how good of an offensive player and defensive player he was early in his career you know he patrolled right field arguably should have got a gold glove one of those years then you go to Dave and then you go to Ricky and you 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 talk and laugh and joke and tease and and then you 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 kind of like uh, out of body experience you know you you step back a little bit and go man that's right we we did a lot we were we were pretty good, you know. We 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 had a lot of fun, and and yeah, I can kind of see why you know a lot of these campers are like, hey, nice to meet you, Mr. Steinbuck. Yeah. <laughs> nice to meet you, Mr. Lansford. You know, but you 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 kind uh, of forget about that. You, yeah. you know, as as a you player. guys were rock stars. Well, I don't want to go, but you were. Yeah, we, we had. Fun. I was in high school. <laughs> I was in high school. You, I mean, Jose Canseco, and so I've gotten to do quite a bit with Jose. And because Jose, it is what it is, right? There, there's a there's a crowd that loves him. There's a crowd that doesn't. It. Bottom line is, when I was growing up, Jose Canseco was the biggest star in baseball. He was an integral part of our team. Period. And and, I, and I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. Do we agree with everything that happened? Everything he did? No. No. But you, you go back. You go back yeah. and focus on what did he do to help us win? What did he do to help us get these these, these rings? He's part of that. Yeah. And so I'm glad that I think it was five, seven years ago he finally started to come back. I, I think it was one of the reunion teams that, yeah. that we had that he, he you know, kind of, I don't know what. he. Yes, he said he came back. I mean, or said he was going to come back. And for us, it was good to see him. You know, it's like, damn, who was that? You're an idiot. But, man, it's good to see you. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> God, those years were fun. Look at this reunion that we're having. Look at all the people that are cheering for us. You know, yeah. and you kind of. I don't know. What do you want to say? Like, 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 bury the hatchet, or, or you know, all of us have probably done dumb things in our life, you know. But it doesn't ruin you forever. You know what I mean? So for me, yeah, it was good to see him back because he was part of those teams. We had tremendous stories, like you're saying. I mean, we can, you know, the 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 home run in the Sky Dome that's up in the fifth deck, and I'll never forget the photographer went up the next day, took a picture where the ball landed and where home plate was. And home plate was this tiny, tiny yeah. little dot, you know. And you're going, man, you know. And and we reminisce about the stadiums that we would go to. And you have Conseco, McGuire, and Dave Henderson in Group Four, and Max Case, Jose's case. We're at Fenway Park, and they're hitting ninety percent of the balls over and out of uh, 
Fenway Park. And the Boston fans, how persnickety they are, they saw that performance. In BP, they stood up and gave that group a standing O. You know, you don't see that, especially at Boston. But that's how special that group of people we had and, and the talent that we had. You know, one guy I want to bring it up because I watched it. I watch a lot of MLB Network. It's, yeah. You know, it's, it is what it is, right? Yeah. And I watch a lot of it. And I was watching the Dave Cobra documentary. And to watch the part, once again, I'm in high school at the time. You guys are the biggest... You know, because 88, 80, I graduate in 90, so yeah. 88, 89, 90. 90. These, are my, these are my formative baseball years. I'm going to play baseball in college. Baseball is everything for me. You guys are the number one team. And it got to the part because they go through the whole Pittsburgh, then it goes to Cincinnati, yeah. and then it's the Dave Parker coming to Oakland, and you're like, Dave Parker swinging that sledgehammer in the on-deck circle. He's the veteran guy. He's been all-star. He's been MVP. He's been this. What was it like when just old man Dave Parker, who was larger than life, personality-wise, career-wise, shows up to help you guys win a World Series? I mean, 100% larger than life. But uh, 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 consistent with what the A's did and who the A's brought in. Yeah, Dave, you're great. Yeah, I look at your accolades. But coming from him... And joining us, he says, what can I do to be part of this team? What can I contribute to make this group of guys a winning team? What can we do to get to the World Series? What can we do to win, you know, the World Series? And when you hear that coming from a guy like Dave Parker and the credentials and accolades that he already had, it was like, hell yeah, you know, we can do this. And and having him part of that was was fantastic. And I'll never forget it. Uh, he's been out of the game, and I was out of the game. We were at some function where it might have been an autograph show. I, I can't remember what it was, but I see him, you know, and I'm thinking, well, here's Dave Parker. You know, look at, I mean, yes, a teammate of mine and World Series champion, but all the other stuff he's done. And the first thing he does comes and gives you a big old hug and says, Steiny, I can't believe how much fun we had in those years. That was fun. I'm going, yeah. you got a whole career that you could go back and reflect on, and yet he felt that way about the, the the group of people that we assembled for those teams. So there was a time over at NBC doing uh, A's pre. I know he's got to go. I just got to. I got to get this. Uh, so we're doing the pre and post game show for NBC. Stu and I. Yeah. And we started getting into a story about how he loved to mess with you, and there was this time in Toronto he messed with you, but then he had the whole thing of Bud Lights for you after the game. And I was thinking, you know, you were a young catcher. Bob Welch already established himself in the World Series. Dodgers, right? Here's Dave Stewart, 20-game winner. You were a young guy dealing with some veteran big names. More... I mean, here comes Eckersley. Eckersley's turned his career around, but Eckersley had already thrown a no-hitter and won 20 games. You dealt with a honeycut. You dealt with a lot of veteran guys as a young catcher through those great years. What was that like? Mike Moore, Bobby Welch. Yeah. You know, we'll throw those names in there. Um, yes, it was hard. They, they, they couldn't have been more helpful. Um, they, uh, uh, through the attitude of the A's system, and I mean Dave Duncan as the pitching coach, Renee Latchman as, as our catching coach, the meetings that we had with Dunk and, and, and the pitchers prior to games, and the uh, 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 willingness and the ability of me wanting to learn and their patience and their experience of saying, hey, this guy is going to be our catcher. We're going to work with him. 
and we tease a lot about Stu. I mean, I give this story all the time because Tony was big on momentum of the game. The catcher, it's your job to be in sync with what the pitcher's doing. And he wanted a fast-paced game. You know, defense keeps on track. We want to get our hitters off the field, get them back on, in the batter's box so we can score runs. And Stu had a series of signs, one, two, three, four. So I put one down, all right? And Stu wipes. He wipes two, three, four, one. Right back to one, winds up and throws the pitch. Well, what the hell? That's just what I called, you know. So, so I wait. You know, we we, we wait till the game's over, and and again, you know, the buckets of beer, and and, and we're talking shop, and we're reminiscing. I'm going, Sue, I gotta talk to you. What? I said, what the hell happened in the fifth inning? What do you mean the fifth inning? I put down one, and you went two, three, four, one. Why wouldn't you just put what I called down? And he starts laughing. <laughs> Stoney, I don't want you to think that you, you know what the hell you're calling. <laughs> and to this day, we just talked. We just brought that up the other night, and we laugh about it. But the good thing was that group of pitchers were, were willing enough to work with me, and I was willing to do what I could for them. And we had Stu, which is a good forkball pitcher. I had a block balls with guys on third. Mike Moore was a good forkball pitcher. Had a block balls with a guy on third. And once you show those pitchers that you have the ability and, and the knowledge and to, to, to do that, they feel comfortable. Hey, I got a big strikeout here. You know, we got two outs, guy on third, and, 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 and Joe Carter's on deck. We got to get this hitter out. Fork balls the pitch in the dirt, block it, catch it, tag the guy out, we're out of the inning. And once they know that they, they, confidently they can do that and you're going to knock that ball down, you gain a lot of respect. All right, what time do you want people in tonight? <laughs> I want them in so they can perform. What so, time? You tell right. me a time. Let's go midnight. No later than midnight. I don't want any special rooms going on tonight, all right? When the bar closes, it's closed. Well, I I, I was going to negotiate till 11. You're going midnight? <laughs> well, they might have to drink their wounds tonight. <laughs> Last night they drank their successes. Tonight it's going to be the other way. You have my word. <laughs> it will be shut down at midnight. Remember, we just said this phrase today. If you're going to hoot with the owls, you have to soar with the eagles. If you're going to hoot with the owls at night, you got to soar with the eagles in the morning. You got it. Make sure my club knows that. And unfortunately, your club didn't bring that today. The eagle was not flying. Or the eagle hasn't flown yet today. Let's put it that way. Okay, maybe what I'll do, last round of Gatorades, <laughs> just so we can get everybody electrolytes and get everybody for the night. Whatever it takes. We'll find out tomorrow. You know what you mean in A's history and to all these fans. You mean a lot. And it's always great. And to get you out of the snow. Get you out of Minnesota. Get yep. you here in the sun. It's a little bit better. Are you going to stay here for the month? Yeah, we're staying here. we got friends of ours. we got a condo rented. We'll leave the 30th, 31st. Depending on what the weather is. If it's colder, we'll stay that one extra day. <laughs> <laughs> Always great having you on. Thanks for having us. And, again, I appreciate the A's fans. They, they've been fantastic. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from sky skyrocketing storage costs, and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons 
of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. You know, when you're down here, and this event means so much to so many different people, and everybody loves being a part of it, the campers love it, the coaches love it, the staff loves it, we now love the past couple of years being a part of it, but there's got to be somebody that is the glue that is the person that understands what Dave Henderson meant to this whole deal. Somebody that knows that he's got to be the leader of it to keep this thing going year after year after year. And that's this man right here, Shooty Babbitt, who understands what Dave Henderson meant to this when he started it years ago and doing it with the Seattle Mariners. And... Being an A, being a guy from the Bay Area, being Oakland, Berkeley, playing for the A's, going to A's games growing up, doing A's television. I mean, the essence of you, the essence of all of this. It's, you you know, as Reggie Jackson once said, the straw that stirs the drink. This man is the straw that stirs the drink down here at this time. How are you? Tony, I'm not worthy of complaining. Um, I've got so much praise to go up. Um, I don't think we have enough time, but first of all, I want to thank you once again for having me, giving me an opportunity to be here on A's Cast. Um, we spent a lot of years together um, gluing and helping this team stay together on the outside. First thing I'd like to say is just congratulations and thank you to the A's fans that have showed up. <laughs> they have been showing out and showing their true love for the green and gold. Second of all, I want to thank the Oakland A's, and not last or least, but most of all, for 47 years um, of my life, they've given me an opportunity to represent this organization. Yeah, it's a long time, my man. And to hear you say the things that you're saying, I don't even feel worthy of. Um, when I take the field, I'm down here working with coaches that some of them number is up on the board, up on that wall out there in center field for what they've done. Um, the accomplishments that they've had as a player and the things that they've done to grow this organization on the field is insurmountable in words. But for me, in the time that I spent on the field with this club, mirrors nothing like what I've been able to be a part of off the field. And for the A's to allow me to be one of the faces, for, for me to hear you say some of the things that you've said, sometimes you feel like, uh, is he talking about me? But one thing that I take from it is because I don't think it's because of the numbers on my baseball card. I think it's because of the teammate that I've been. And the one thing that I've always tried to be is a good teammate. Uh, fight, laugh, struggle, whatever the case may be, we all have done it together. And, uh, man, I'm just thankful. I'm happy to be here, Tony. Um, it's a great year. Um, one thing that I've seen happen in these past couple of days These are Oakland A's fans to the bone. Um, And I'm just so happy for them to come down here and experience this. 
Yeah, it, it is a special treat to watch all the people come back year after year after year. Now we've been able to see it, and now they've gotten to know us a little bit. And when we showed up last night and they were happy to see us, we're like, yeah, we got to be here. And it's just, it, it, it's it's so special. And that's what it was meant to be. It was meant to be, and it has been, and it's been, you know, once again, I don't, I don't want to get you too emotional. I know you started getting emotional there, but I, it, it just really, though, you have been the backbone of this. And someone has to be that. And, and, and it takes a very special person to be that guy. Um, and everybody has looked to you to be that guy. And that's one of the things I think all these campers, like when you get up and you talk like you did last night to everybody, everybody gets so excited. You're one of the, <laughs> one of the things everybody wants to come and see. That's got to feel good that, you know, you're kind of the ringleader of this family party. In this game, in this business, someone's got to give you a chance to do what you're doing. You mentioned Dave Henderson. I met him in 1977 as a high school senior at Cal Berkeley. We were participating in a uh, North-South All-Star game, and guys that are in high school are fighting for opportunities to maybe get a college scholarship. There's pro scouts out there. The draft's coming up. You know, I'm a 5'7", 170-pound kid that, you know, I can hit a little bit. I can run a little bit, but, you know, I'm not going to jump out on the field as a 6'2", 190 guy that just tooled up all over the place. But you know after nine innings, I've given you everything that I had, and I had something to do with us winning or losing, whatever it is. But... Knowing Dave Henderson and the person that he was and the electrifying uh, personality that he did, you know, the one thing that he did down here is he made sure whenever I talked, whenever he talked, it was important that these people have a good time, that you enjoy the game, have fun, because that's what he did. He wore that smile no matter what the situation was. It was one of the best clutch hitters in the playoffs that we've ever seen, uh, but he never took the game. No doubt. Said, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, he had multiple magic moments. He Absolutely. had some of the biggest home runs you've ever seen. So I have a responsibility um, because I've been given a chance. Someone took a chance on me. Jim Gwynn took a chance on me in 1977 and gave me an opportunity as a 25th-round draft pick to go out and battle and live the pro-life. And through God's grace, got some breaks, had some decent seasons, got a chance to play in the big leagues. So I take not one day for granted when I have this uniform on or when I'm in this profession because I'm a guy that's probably only worked about seven um, real years in my life on a real job. I can't even say what I've done as a scout for 29 years. It's been a job. It's been a blessing to do something that I get an opportunity to do that I love to do. But I'm baseball, bro. That's that that that. You cut me open. I'm a group. I'm a bleed green and gold. You know, I've worked for teams that where I wore blue and orange, but I was still bleeding green and gold. And when I got an opportunity to come back to Oakland in 2019, you know, I'd finished my 25th year as a scout. Um, the Mets didn't need my services anymore, and I called home, and they answered. And whenever they do that, it makes you feel, it gives you a sense of comfort that pre people appreciate as a person you are and a professional. So I'm just trying to live up to some of the things like people like yourself are saying about me because um, I think I have a responsibility, and um, I feel very fortunate to be in the position that I'm in. Yeah, I, I think you say it perfectly. It's a life around this organization. You know, you've been around it. And so, you, you know, it's what's so classic is a lot of people don't realize all the years they've seen you on television, he was actually working for other organizations at that time as he's doing TV for the A's, which is something that's unheard of. Well, everybody has their way of evaluating and getting information. And I have been so fortunate and blessed to work for some people that, 
have hired me and say, just be shooty babbit. And whenever somebody can just give you a confirmation of you being yourself, I mean, Lord have mercy. I got flaws just like everybody else, but if people can see the good in you and tell you, hey, I just want you to be yourself, there's no better situation to be in. And yeah, you're right. There's been times that I've worked for organizations where we've made some moves where it might have been because I was talking to a coach or a player. I might have been on the field. You know how I operate around the stadium. Um, I talk to everybody because you just never know what kind of information you may get that you don't get during the game or that you may get in scouting reports or whatever the case may be. And, and that's worked for me. Uh, I can go on and on about guys we made moves with when I was with Arizona, and it turned out to be a guy that was a vital player. It's a great move by the organization. I don't take credit for those type of things because that's my job. But, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's amazing. And a lot of scouts used to ask me, so, man, how, how are you scouting and doing TV for the A's? <laughs> I said, well, who do you work for? I said, that's the only business you should be worried about. <laughs> it was a hell of a deal. Uh, so I, I, I recently hosted that Santa Clara baseball banquet that's been going on. It was a 38th, and uh, we honored some scouts. And, you know, some of the scouts said it's, it's good that baseball's finally – getting back 100% feeling like it's normal again. Like the whole COVID effect all the way down through amateur baseball and in different places and different parts of the country and how, how, how all the different youth sports dealt with it. You know, talk about from what you've seen as now we're heading into 2024 as normal as it was before? No. Um, it's getting there. Yeah. Um, See, a lot of people don't know that. And I would like to say that because if we're talking about what's going on the field, yes. But I'm not that shallow where I just think that life just goes on inside the baseball stadium because the people that come there and support the team, the people that work to keep the team operating in the studio, in the stands, in the front office, you name it, everybody that has a part of this, uh, everybody haven't gotten back to that point. We're getting there. Um, you look at us in society, we're so we're more separated than we were before the pandemic. And I would just like to see people as a whole come to more baseball games, love on each other, more sons and daughters coming to the game, um, the community come together and closer. I mean, there's so much going on in Oakland right now that I only think that it's going to make this, this city even stronger because they're starting to take teams away and these type of things. But we've always been a community where we do pull together in tough times, and um, there are going to be some challenges moving forward. Uh, but man, oh man, it's uh, it's been a great run. I'm not saying anything is finished, and I don't, I still don't believe we're moving out of Oakland. I might be naive and stupid and everything <laughs> else, but until they start putting shovels in the ground and they start cutting ribbons and they start doing all that, I'm gonna keep hope alive, man. So um, we don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow, but all I do know is today is a wonderful day, man. Well, your job is to be in the bushes and to find those players, the next great Oakland Athletics. What do you see in our minor league system? How are you feeling going into spring training 2024? One thing that you know is that they're going to be competitive. And as we make moves, we've lost some really good players. But this is an organization and a front office that understands that you don't need to pour it all in one pot at one time if there's not going to be gold in there because there's 29 other teams that are trying to win. And some teams are in place to win now. They make moves to win right now because they're that close. 
And being on the outside looking in, working for other teams and watching how the A's ran their business, you know, mm. there's a lot of chatter out there. But if you look at it, now being here, you understand the moves that they make. They make them for moves down the road, not for moves right now. And when you look at guys that came up last year, you know, the Geloffs of the world, the Lawrence Butlers of the world, uh, you got so many more in the pipeline. We've been drafting shortstops every year. I mean, Nicky Slicky was out there today, this morning, getting his work in before everybody else. And this dude is going to be fighting for his job because there's more guys coming. But that's what they're going to have to be able to confront when they come to the big leagues. A guy like Nick Allen is not going to let anybody outwork them. And I think what's happening is that's, that's the culture here because there's a lot of young kids that played with guys like Nicky and Geloff, and they're in the big leagues doing their thing right now, and they have the same dream. But they also understand the work ethic and the sacrifice that it's going to take to get there. So not only are they leading on the field, their example is leading in the clubhouse as well. So um, I'm excited. I mean, there are some guys that had good years in Double A. If you talk to Bobby Crosby, I'm sure he's just gleaming yes. about some of the guys that he's uh, managed last year. So we're on the move. We're on the rise. I think when everything settles as far as the stadium situation and everything, I really think we're going to be in place right away to start competing for a championship. And it'll only take a couple of moves. So uh, be patient, fans. Everything that happens, it happens for a reason. It doesn't make sense for us to go out and spend a hundred and some million on a player right now when it's just not conducive to what we're trying to do and what we're trying to get to. And I'm not speaking for the front office. I'm just speaking as a scout and what I see. And I understand the process. Yeah, when you look at the front office, and we were just talking to David Forrest, I mean, you're talking about a guy who's been here like 25 years. A lot of these guys have been around, like yourself, you've been around for a long time. It says a lot about what's going on inside this organization. That's amazing you say that. We were having that conversation in the lunchroom today because uh, we were just talking about guys that have been here for a while. And the new player development on the minor leagues was in there speaking. He was just talking about it. He said, shooty, man, I see you've been doing a lot. You've been around for a long time. He said, but I was having a conversation in a meeting, and they start asking people who had five years to stand up. The majority of the room stood up. They said, now the people with 10 years, nine-tenths of the room stood up. They said people with 15, three-quarters of the room, they got up to 25 and 30, and people were still standing. <laughs> and it's amazing. Yeah. And it all boils down to the loyalty that it is installed or bestowed upon the people that work here. I mean, to get fired here, from what I've seen, you really got to mess up. People believe in you. They give you chances. They work with you. But it's that culture here, man. So you're exactly right, Tony. Uh, just, just, just the... You know, loyal in our business is not used that much anymore as far as loyalty is concerned because there's so many moving parts. But when you talk about loyalty um, in an organization to their employees, man, um, the Oakland A's have done a tremendous job of um, creating that for their employees. Well, your legacy, no question, will be as a top scout, your eye for talent. There's no question about that. Uh, your legacy will be one of the top dressed men the television, the suits are amazing. Thank you. You know how good you look. But I really think a big part of your legacy will be this fantasy camp and how everybody loves you here for everything that you've done here. I mean, you, you've poured your heart and soul. And I think the number one thing is how much you've made sure that everybody enjoyed their time here and they got their money's worth. This, this event will be a big part of your legacy, my friend. George Devine once told me, George Devine Sr., rest yeah. his soul. And I used to ask him all the time because I respected the man. He was a true gentleman, and I wanted a real answer. 
And I wasn't sure which direction I was trending in this business because I was hearing so many things. And you know how this business is a tough business, Tony. And I said, Mr. Devine, I said, how do I really know that they like me? He says, shooty, if they ask you to come back, this is my 21st year being a part of this fantasy camp. So I guess there's a little, they like me a little bit. How about that? But I appreciate you saying what you say. When I come here every day, I never forget that. I understand how uh, fortunate I am to be in this position because there are guys that have done greater things in this business that don't get opportunity to do what I do. And in short, it's not easy to do what I do. I mean, I've been a kangaroo court judge for the last 19, 20 years. I'm so glad to have Dallas here because he's magnificent. His energy, his creativity, what he's able to do to bring laughs from people. It's not hard because the one thing you don't do, want to do is say the wrong thing. You got ladies down and you got mamas and grandmamas and you don't want things to come out your mouth that's not really kind of things that your mama wouldn't want to hear come out of your mouth. But that's your job. Yeah. And it's so hard. So I don't take that part lightly. Um, but I, 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 I'm so thankful, Tony. I really am, man. This, this game owes me absolutely nothing. Uh, do you hear me? Uh, they have been great to me. And to be part of this, you know, I can't thank you enough. We've been here together through some lean times when we were on the, game, on the radio hour after the game and didn't have nothing to talk about. But we found a way to keep the people interested, man. And I just, the way you've grown, what you do. I mean, I think you started this in your garage somewhere. And look <laughs> at you now. Look at you now. <laughs> so you've got a lot to be proud of yourself, man. And um, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the opportunities and the people in this business that believe in me. And I'm going to try to do everything I can. Not Next time that. we see you, we'll be spring training. And then, uh, then we'll see you doing television. Can't wait. Can't wait. Thank you. Thank you, A's fan. It's going to be a, a great 2024 season. And you need to take down Dallas Braden and be the champ. Uh, we've already took one step forward because we got all up in them today. Oh, did, did, how, how was your draft? Uh, uh, it was very good. I'm happy with every player on my roster. Dallas called their team to run it back because they won it last year. Only thing they're running right now is to the clubhouse. <laughs> <laughs> the great shooty Babbitt. He's one of the best scouts in the business for the Oakland Athletics. You see him on A's pre- and post-game live on NBC Sports California, and we like to call him a very dear contributor and friend to A's Cast Live. Be well, my friend. Thank you very much. You can't get a better group than that. We want to thank Dave Stewart, Carney Lansford, Terry Steinbach, and Shooty Babbitt. Shooty got a little emotional there. That's how much fantasy camp means to these guys. Great bonds, great times down in the Valley of the Sun. So we want to thank them for stopping by A's Cast Live. Now back to A's Cast, powered by iHeartRadio. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.